Welcome to the RSM Podcast Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about Rock Solid Ministries, our free revival service, printed materials, and devotionals, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is Leanne Williams, preacher's wife, singer, sometimes amateur actress, mother of four boys, but most importantly, Leanne is a Christian lady. Leanne, I'm, I'm not sure when we met, but I believe it was shortly after you married Frank, maybe when you were ministering with him in, in uh, Tennessee, Jackson. Mm-hmm. in Jackson, Tennessee, is that right? So uh, we've never had a chance just to sit down, you and me, and, and talk other than with me, you, me, and maybe Frank and Beth. And right. So uh, Leanne, tell us your story. Anywhere, um, start anywhere you want. Um, you want me to start with why I'm a Christian, how I became a yeah, Christian? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, well, I definitely did not grow up uh, anywhere near the ministry like my family is now. Um, I, uh, my parents are divorced, but my mom got remarried when I was about five. So, so I said, so sometimes when I refer to my dad, I'm actually talking to my stepdad, talking about him. But um, so when I was a kid, when I was with my mom, I lived with my mom and my stepdad and uh, we would we went to church sometimes. I can't even tell you like how often because it wasn't necessarily a priority, Um, but it was something that I don't actually to tell you why they went to church. I don't know, but but we went occasionally. But when I was at my uh, dad's every other weekend, he and my grandmother took us faithfully to the Lutheran church, mainly okay. probably because my grandmother was the um, catalyst of that. But, um, but what I do remember from my childhood is that it, it, to me, it totally makes me believe more in that scripture about um, there is no excuse because you can look around and you know that God's there. Because right. I specifically remember when I was a little kid, just I used to like to sing all the time. And I'd always right. used to go out to the playground, to the swing set. And there was a big flat rock. And I don't I guess it was my stage. But I remember singing to God there all the time. And I don't know what brought that on, but I just remember as a little kid, I was always singing to God and always talking to God. Isn't that something? I mean, you do. I mean, it's like God implants in our hearts that that He's there. Yes. And there is no excuse exactly. because even in nature, we know God is exactly. there. Exactly. So I always, always knew from the time I was a kid. And some when I went to the Lutheran church, we did not go to Sunday school. It just wasn't a thing that they really had. Um, but sometimes when I went with my mom to the little country church, we would get there early. And as a kid, I loved Sunday school. They'd always have these little um, papers with a colored illustration on it, something right. about the Bible. And I just loved Sunday school class. And I don't think I ever told my parents how much I loved to go to Sunday school class, but I did. Yeah. So there was always this um, yearning, I guess, to know more. At the time, I didn't realize it was a yearning. Right. But it was there. And... Um, like I said, I was very faithful to the Lutheran church growing up with my grandmother. And then when I went to college, um, I went to uh, Stetson University, which was one time a Baptist college. Right. By the time I got there, they'd kind of gone away from the Baptist church, but there was still a lot of 
that influence in right, the things right. that were going on. And so um, then my friends would begin to take me to Baptist churches and do all these kinds of things. And, and the religious presence was still very much part of the campus. So it made me ask tons and tons of questions. Um, while I was there, I remember writing a letter to my, to my um, minister at the Lutheran church. What are they talking about this? What's this? Why, you know, everything was totally different um, from what I had learned. Um, and I just remember there was a, a, looking back now, I realized that was a whole process of seeking what, what is the truth and what is right. going on and what, is, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, no changes were really made in my life at that time. After I uh, started working for a living, I continued to go to the Lutheran church as an adult. But I think my motivation was that's what good people do. Exactly. They go to church. Here yeah. am I, a 23-year-old girl. How do I keep myself straight? Go to yeah. church. You know, that duty? Was, yeah, yeah. I, Having raised myself almost by myself, after I was six years old in, in Methodism, uh -huh. that's what I, that was my motivation was if you're, if, if there, there is a God uh -huh. and uh, good people know there's a God yes. and they go to church. And they go, and exactly. That, and that, that was, and that I was wanted to be a I good knew. person. Right. And that's what good people do. Right. And then when you're there, of course, it helps keep you straight, you know. Right. Um, that was why I went to church. And, um, and I sang in the choir. I didn't do much else, you know, but I, I sang in the choir while I was there. At the time, my mother was working for a woman who went to Plymouth Avenue Christian Church. That's in Deland, Florida, where Chuck Hassel used to right. minister before he came to Corinth. They were looking for a choir teacher. And this lady knew that choir was my thing, that I was a singer and I was interested in music and all that. And she said, why don't you come out? and meet Chuck and try it out. So Chuck had me come Wednesday night to the choir practice and, and I led the practice. It was a great time. Um, next thing you know, he calls and asks me to be their choir director. Chuck did? Chuck's, yes, right. we come and be our choir director. So I came on Wednesday nights, led the choir, and then of course went to church there on Sunday morning to you know do what the choir did. Um, I don't know if he had a plan in his mind at that time. You know, he was doing it for discipling reasons or if he just honestly wanted a choir director. I, you know, I don't really know. Right. But I do know that I was not a Christian. That's all I did was teach choir. You know, I wasn't a song leader. I wasn't, you know, a ministry leader of any kind. But through that, he, his wife and I became very close. And then he and I ended up becoming close and it started in, I was at their house every Sunday, you know, for dinner and I was babysitting the kids and they were going to my activities and I was going to theirs. Took me a few years to realize he was disciple. He, that was a purposeful thing on his part. And I, I would like to share with our listeners that Chuck is now ministering the same town that you and your husband ministered. Yes, isn't in that Corinth, funny? Mississippi. Yes, yes. And Chuck was our very first Frontline oh, Servant really? podcast, number 18 of all the podcasts. <laughs> if you want to go back now, if you're listening to this and you're new to this podcast, the only way you're going to find Chuck is you've got to go to the Podbean app or to rockslotministries.org and the media tab. Click on, on that and then down on podcast and then go to the archives because a lot of the podcast engines don't go back uh, 
any earlier than the 75th podcast, and we're way ahead of that now. So if you want to hear Chuck's, uh, go back there and you can find him on podcast number 18. I may have said 17, but it was eight, podcast 18. Wanted to add that in there. Okay. So anyway, a few months after I was in the choir, during that time, I had so many discussions with Chuck because you can't help but to learn when you're singing the lyrics about everything that Jesus has done for you on right. the cross and what you're supposed to do as a result. Um, I wasn't just there singing music notes on a page. You know, I would listen to what the words say and it would just stir me and just, you know, just get you going, your mind and your heart. And he and I, he helped me wrestle with what it meant to be a Christian. I, long before I made that commitment, I knew it was the right thing to do. The right. battle for me was, and a lot of that was from being a, a Lutheran. I was a good person. So who, who, what are you telling me I'm not going to heaven? Right. I, I, I did this, I did that, I did, I, I did, I did more good than bad. Right. And, and that's your outline. Who am I to stand up in front of a whole church of people and say, I'm a sinner? And I could not, I just, I couldn't get to that point that I could say, I'm a sinner. And then the other thing that disturbed me was the influence that my grandmother had on me. She was, yeah. she was a truly devout Christian lady. Right. And so I was like, now wait, I don't know. I don't know if she ever had made the personal commitment. You right. know, I never heard her talk about these th standing up in front of the church and being baptized, not as an infant, you right. know? And so I was like, now we, you know, what does that say about her? You know, right. and, and then I finally decided to put that aside. You know, God is God and he, he knows what's in everybody's heart. Right. And That's it's between not for you and him. To. Right. Exactly. It, yeah. And so for the longest time, I knew I need to make this commitment, but I just couldn't because I was so embarrassed about, I thought, oh, if I get up there, then these people are going to think I've done all these horrible things in my life. And I really mm -hmm. hadn't. And I didn't want, you know, I just could not say I am a sinner. So anyway, a few months after I had been working there as a choir director, I just walked up one Sunday and I know he was shocked because I hadn't said I'm coming today yeah. or, you know, I finally, of course, everybody rejoiced, especially yeah. the choir. Yeah. And then um, that started the whole thing. But yeah. his, but his and his wife's discipling was huge. I, I mean, I was a part of their family for a long, long time, Yeah. you know, and, um, like I said, now I realize that they were, they probably started it out on purpose. Here's a young lady who needs guidance, you know, and discipling. It, of course, it turned into true friendship, I believe that. But I realize now they were discipling. Well, they're easy people to be friends with. Extremely. Yeah. Extreme. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah. And, and I could, and I could be myself, you know, and I know now some of the things I did when I, that they were just shaking their heads laughing, like, what is she thinking? You know what I mean? But sure. they were still allowing me to be myself and accepting that I was going to do stupid things. That's new. Yeah. I was young. Right. And you have to allow that with people. You, I mean, we don't, we don't come into Christ full grown at all. I mean, we're still growing, right? Right, right. Yeah. And Tammy, you know, she talks straight if I wasn't doing right. Tammy, tell you. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, I'm your best friend or whatever, but this is not right what you're doing. And, you know, wow. <laughs> but she was right. So how can I argue with it? You know, but the, um, but the thing is that I've always tried to, and I know Frank always keeps this in mind. It wasn't just that I gave my life to Christ. That was in October of, I don't know, 94, maybe 95. It didn't stop there. And the best thing that ever happened to me at that point was a Sunday school class that his church offered. And it was for college and career people, so 20 year olds. Right. And it was Old Testament history. And it started at Genesis 1-1. And here's all these adults learning about Adam and Eve and, and you know, Joseph right. and, and all these stories that you should have learned when you were eight years old. And some right. of them I was aware of. Yeah. But, you know, when you're older and mature and you can come at it with a different perspective. Right. And um, we, all of us in that class just grew and that, brought so many people to Christ, just that Old Testament history being taught to 20-year-olds. To and and it's, so many people don't realize that Christ is throughout the Old Testament. Yes. That everything about, I mean, the whole Bible, you can, you can pick any section of, of the Old Testament and you can find Jesus in there. I mean, it, it's yes. all a, a preparatory to Jesus coming and and... It, it's symbolic of what's going to happen later. But it's, see, it, when I was just, a kid, I would just read the story and I'd be like, that is so awesome. You know, <laughs> he just, that guy just went in a whale, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he came out and that, like I said, there was that brought to me that awareness that there is a God and he is awesome and he is powerful. But then when you become an adult and realize how that points to Jesus, it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, now it really sticks in you. And you know, the shame that, I, that I'm finding now is that a, a lot of our churches, and and some beforehand, but and then so many since COVID, and they they cut out Sunday school entirely, and 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 this is a place where uh, where people can can come to know Christ or come to know uh -huh. the kids can know the stories. It shocked me the first time because ever since I've been in ministry, we've always put strong emphasis on on Christian training and, and Bible classes uh -huh. and things. Uh -huh when I went into a church and there was no Sunday school or they had a class and it was all adults. And then when church started, kids came in. And I realized it's because none of these adults in class who may have had Sunday school class pins because uh -huh. they've been going to Sunday school for so many uh -huh. years and everything, uh -huh. they never got out of class and taught somebody right, else. Right, they, they're, right. they're not gonna teach these other ones. And I think that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, think of what, what it did for you. I'm trying to say this and uh, be careful with my words and be in a nice way, but I've worked <laughs> for church camp now for 30 years, Yeah, different church camps. But in the last at least five, if not 10 years, what I've seen is when the children come into camp, their basic Bible knowledge is not what it used to be, not right. even close. Yes. And it has been a real concern of mine especially when I teach high school um, camp or whatever, is very, con I, it's a concern of mine not to skip. Don't just assume people know these stories that they should have learned when they were eight because they don't know them. No. And even in high school camp, when Frank and I teach, 
we will stop and have classes of the big number is the chapter number. The small number is the verse number. This is the yeah. books of the Bible. Here's the order. Basic stuff that I know you're 17 years old, but if nobody showed you, you don't know. And we have a lot of teenagers that are really lacking on the basic biblical skills. Well, you know, when I was baptized, I was 17. And it was actually here in this town at another Christian church. Uh -huh. There's only eight, like 18 in the whole state of Mississippi. And, you know, for the longest, five of them were in this county. And now, sadly, we're down to three Christian churches uh -huh. in this county, Alcorn County. But when I was baptized, of course, it was announced the next week that I'd be preaching my first sermon in two weeks. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and that was Brother Fred. And oh, you wow. didn't say no, Brother Fred. But, wow. but I didn't know the difference between Matthew and Mark. Uh -huh. I didn't know the difference between Old Testament uh -huh. and New Testament. Uh -huh. I, I I was 17. And I a survey I read, and this has been it was 10 years ago, of, of graduating seniors uh, in high school that were born again, quote unquote, born again seniors. Uh, all the things that they didn't know or what they thought, I remember one of them was they, that the majority believed that Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. Wow. And, and wow. so they don't, they really are not, and this has been in this century, mm -hmm. and, and they're not being taught. And, and we can say, well, that's uh, growing up the way you did or the way I did. We said, well, that's Lutherans, that's the Methodists. Uh, no, let's talk about the Christian right, church right, and church of right, Christ, right. not teaching like they used to, right. the ones that we now work with that uh, not taking it seriously. Uh, sometimes the preachers don't take it seriously, but if they do, sometimes it doesn't go beyond that, mm -hmm. that the mm -hmm. rest of the people in the pews don't take it seriously. Right. And it doesn't matter where you are attending church, uh, it's... It's that way all over the country. The world has so gotten into the church. Right. But we kind of got off the subject. Now, okay. you, so you were choir director. You became Christian. Uh -huh. And, and uh, uh, the, the hassles were really discipling you. And I continued to grow, grow, grow. Eventually, I uh, moved into uh, the summer uh, uh, youth, uh, not a youth minister, youth leader for right. the summer. Right. And I talked. I put together a lot of the Sunday school classes, created the VBS, did all the things that a youth minister should do. And I got to do that one summer. And that was really one of the greatest experiences ever, too. Good growing experience for you, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, because I had to study. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, Besides you, the fact that I already loved working with the kids and all that. Right. You know. Well, when you're... you. We always say, and you know this is true, that when you're teaching or preaching, you're going to learn because you, you have to. Right. And uh, right. when I started when I started preaching, uh, again, I knew nothing about the Bible. So uh, in my first churches, I would say, well, we're going to study Romans on Wednesday night. I didn't know Romans from uh -huh. Ephesians. Right. So I got commentaries from sources that I trusted that I, I knew you can trust that they, on the basics, they, they know what, what the word says. And so uh -huh. if, they're, if they're strong in these basics that I, I know are Bible, then I could probably trust them in the other things. Uh -huh. And then I would study those commentaries like crazy. And then I would get up and teach. And uh, I think to this day, most of them, well, some of the really good Bible scholars in our church have probably knew it, but probably most of them didn't know. I didn't know what I was talking about, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, and I was really going by what I had learned that that day, really getting into the Word before I taught it. So we have to learn when you take uh, over a youth program. What you got well, learn? and I can't. I didn't know a lot. Of, I mean, 
my kind of studying was different. I'm, I'm a school teacher, so I'm very good at knowing how to teach and how to be, and how, what to do when you don't know the answer. Right. So that's what I was good at is figuring out, anticipating what their questions would be. Not that yeah. I was going to know the answer, but yeah. I would know how to. Yeah, I used to always sweat it, thinking that someone's going to ask a question, I don't know. And then I realized what you say is, I don't know, but right. I'll, I'll do my best to get an answer for you next week. Right. <laughs> and some people say, well, I can't teach because I don't, I don't know people have questions and I, I don't know enough of the Bible. Well, you're never going to know enough if you don't start sharing it. You know, you, you, you've got to study it mm. and then share it and share what you do know. And then when people ask, say, well, people say, well I can't talk to my, to my friend about how to become a Christian. I think, well, you became a Christian. What did you do? Yeah. Share that. And if they have a question you don't know, say, well, I'll get back to you. I'll get in the Bible. I'll go talk to my preacher. Right. I'll, I'll get an answer right. for you, but I will get back to right. you on this. And it's, right. it's, it's, people respect you when you say, I don't, I don't know. know. Right, right. Yeah, they really do. So uh, so you're working there with, with the Hassles, the mm -hmm. church at, mm -hmm. at Plymouth Avenue, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. in Deland? Yes. And uh, and I think that's where Brother Chuck came from when he came to Walter Street here in town. Yes. And he's still just as kind and and, and, and <laughs> help. I went to him not long ago and said, you know, the the cost of our storage unit for Rocksod Ministries mm -hmm. is going up. We have all this equipment we carry that the Strickland's us carry, and of course all the printed materials that we give out for free. And I I said, would there be something you could help us with? And he said, the old building, the historic building. He said, we can get your room in there for free. And he was just so kind mm -hmm. and helped us get that done. Yeah. And, and, and we just appreciate them uh, so much in that. So uh, tell us more. Tell us more. What what happened? Uh, you, you weren't married, didn't mm -hmm. you? Know? Uh, you were telling me the other day, and I, this is a great story, uh, how you met Frank after you met somebody else. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to hear that. And uh, I'll share this again with our listeners, that Frank was on one of our early podcasts, podcast number 40. And it was, it was so interesting. And I just, I hate to say it, but the audio, we didn't have the mics we have now. And the audio was the poorest audio <laughs> podcast I did, but I don't want to go back and redo it. Cause I don't think it'll be as good as what that one was. <laughs> if you can get over that in the first few minutes, you, you kind of you say, okay, I, I can listen with that. But again, it's one you have to go to our website or to Podbean to get it. It's podcast number 40, Frank Williams. And I encourage you to check that out. But let's, let's just go from this beginning, how all this happened, Leanne, because that's that's pretty interesting. Okay, so, um, <clears throat> and that story involves Chuck, too. Frank used to attend church in Jackson, Mississippi. I can't remember the name of that church right now. Pearl. Pearl, that's Pearl, right. Pearl, Christian Church. And um, Chuck Hassel was his minister. And um, and they and Frank was good friends with them, just like I was good friends with them when they later moved to Florida. So Chuck, um, who originally comes from Baldwin, was Frank's uh, preacher there in Jackson. They got to be real good friends. And then Chuck moves to Florida and he meets me. And and um, through this, he says, man, you know, there's this I know a guy, you know, your <laughs> age, really good guy. You two would hit it off, you know, kind of, oh, it's too bad y'all don't live in the same town type of deal. Right. Um, at one time, uh, Frank had even come to Plymouth Avenue to uh, talk about youth ministry. I didn't even know he was coming. I wasn't even there that weekend. So, you know, I didn't even see him. But also why I mentioned Baldwin is because um, 
Eventually, Frank moved to Baldwin and did youth ministry there. Baldwin, Mississippi. Baldwin, Mississippi. Baldwin right. Christian, first Christian of Baldwin. So Chuck would go home on vacation to visit his dad and he would, you know, see Frank at the church and he'd say, you know, boy, there's this girl, you know, at Plymouth Avenue, it's too bad, you know, you aren't together, that type of thing. And then Chuck would come back from Baldwin and tell me, you know, I know this guy, it's too Chuck's bad. Chuck's home church is Baldwin. Yes. Yeah, right. So he would always like mention one of us to the other one. So, but I'd never met. Well, one day this other guy from Jackson, Mississippi comes to visit Chuck and Tammy. And I figured that was the one they were saying you should meet and all this. So I met him and we became friends. And um, I went to visit his family one time. In uh, I was visiting him in Jackson, Mississippi. Frank was there at Pearl at that time. And I went to church with him and not knowing who Frank was between... Sunday school and church, here comes Frank out of the Sunday school area with all these little kids who were just totally mesmerized with Frank. And that is very appealing to a young lady who wants to get married and have children. You know, know, wow, look at this guy, you know, a Christian, all these kids love him. And I was like, instantly, I just knew, dang it, I'm with the wrong guy. But what can you do about it? Nothing, you know. So, um, but with the the first guy that I was visiting, he uh, took me to visit the church camp in Mississippi. Frank happened to be there. He was going to preach that night. And uh, we talked and got to know each other. And then Frank preached. And then I sang, or I guess I sang a special before he preached. Yeah. But it was just something about the two of us together me singing and then him preaching, it just clicked. Yeah. But like I said, you know, what are you going to do about it? He lives there. I live in Florida. I'm friends with this other guy. So life went on. And this is probably five, six years would pass that we would just hear about the other one. Well, Frank's doing this. That's what Chuck would say. Frank's doing this, you know, and yeah. then he'd say to Frank, Lance doing this. <laughs> We'd always knew of the other one's existence. Right. One time we tried to get, uh, his youth group and my youth group together to do something. So we talked briefly on the phone about that business, but that never even happened. So, I mean, five, six, seven years had gone by and I had dated other people. I had no idea that long. uh, Oh, it was a long time and no communication between the two of us, just always hearing about the other one. And life just went on and um, I dated other people and whatnot. And then there just came this time in my life that I was like, you know, I just, I just don't like any man. I'm never going to get married. Men are stupid. You know, this is just dumb. And my girlfriend said, what about that guy in Mississippi that Chuck always tells you about? And I'm like, well, that's dumb. He's in Mississippi and I'm in Florida. If God wanted us to be together, don't you think he'd put us together? And she's like, well, you just never know. So this probably makes me so bad to know I did this. But it was June. I was on summer vacation. So I called Frank up. And he didn't answer the phone. I left a message. And I just said, I don't know if you remember me. And and I'm going to go camping at Piney Grove, which is right outside of Baldwin. Right. And I'll be there, you know, next week. Maybe I'll see you. (laughs) (laughs) I just packed my camping stuff and drove to Piney Grove. And he tells me that when he got the message, his first thought was, well, of course I remember you. And then his next thought is, why does somebody drive all the way from Florida? To go to Piney Grove. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I think I knew what I was doing too when I drove there. So I went and um, and um, first I stayed a couple of days with Chuck Hassel's parents. Right. And so what they do invite him to dinner on purpose, you Chuck, know. Chuck called, said, you yeah, yeah. So yeah. so Frank's coming over to dinner at their house, and I'm there and whatnot. And then he took me to Piney Grove and just helped me get set up. He happened to be doing vacation Bible school that week, and um, so the next thing you know, I'm there teaching music at vacation <laughs> Bible school with like zero moments notice. Yeah. But I drove from my campsite every day to teach vacation Bible school with him. And then we'd go out to lunch and, and do whatever. And um, I can't believe I'm telling you this. So it was about five or six days after I'd been camping, he asked me if I would marry him. <laughs> wow. And I said, and I said, do you mean for real, will I marry you? Or do you mean you're the kind of girl I could marry? He's like, no, for real, will you marry me? So I said, well, before I say yes, you have to take me to your parents and tell them that you asked me. And if you got the guts to do that, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it. So we drove to his parents the next day and I was sweating bullets. You know, because yeah. I knew it was a pretty stupid thing. And um, we, <laughs> we were there probably an hour and a half, and it never came up in conversation. And I thought, yeah, okay. You uh, know, this is not going to happen. But sweating out the whole time, like, what are his parents going to say? And he finally just told him, and all, you know Frank's mom. Oh, and yeah. all she said, she said, well, very nice. <laughs> And that's it. And I thought, I've been dying inside this whole time. And that's all you're going to say? Well, I find out later once we left, you know, she had to get on the phone with her. Or, you know, oh, I can't believe what Frank, you know, and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And so that was it. So how old was, was Frank? Oh, Frank was 32. I was 30. Yeah. yeah I was you thinking, know, yeah. you know, I mean. Yeah. We knew at that point that marriage is not about all this lovey-dovey fireworks blah 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 yeah it's about being committed and most and being committed to god right you know when i went back to florida and told tammy she's the one who had a fit and that was funny i said this is the one you always said i should be with and she said that's not listening to god to just you know take two seconds to make a decision you know and like we didn't mean like right this second you know and she's having a fit she's about she's being it. a mother hen isn't she? yes and i said well i didn't say i was getting married tomorrow you know let's see how god speaks let's see how this works yeah uh because i already owned a home i had a great job you know yeah. So I went out there about a month later. I thought, well, let's see if God, you know, how God can make this all work. And a month later, I went out to where Frank was going to be moving to Tennessee just to see if I could get a job. And I walked away with a job. Wow, in Jackson, Tennessee. In Jackson, Tennessee. Well, in Humboldt, which is right outside. And oh, so yeah. I said, so see, God is making this work. I didn't get the household in time to move to Tennessee and take the job. But when a uh, couple at the church there had an entire upstairs to their house and let me live there free oh. until it was time for me to, for us to a, get married. Was he preaching? Because Frank had just started being a youth minister at Jackson, okay, he First Christian of Jackson, Tennessee. Right. Because I was trying so, to get, I knew yep. he was at Crockett Mills. Uh, yeah, we were already preacher. married at Crockett right, Mills. Right, so he's doing yeah. youth ministry at Jackson, Tennessee. So. And that's probably where I met you because I was 20 yes. miles down the road yes. at Lexington. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we were engaged for 
for a year. I mean, we didn't just, yeah, it was kind of fast to ask me, but I mean, we, well, we weren't just going to go get married the next day or anything. Um, I, I tell people I knew when Beth walked in the back door of the church, I was standing in the pulpit. I was a preacher. And when she walked in, I, I thought, cause I thought she was very young. I thought she was like 14 cause she came with all these uh -huh. 14, 15 year old girls uh -huh. walked in the back of the church. I thought she was their age cause she looked that age. Uh -huh. But I thought to myself, if that girl was older, I'd marry her. And I found out that day she was 18 and 364 days later, I married her. Okay. Okay. So, so you I don't was, think I'm that dumb? No, no. I, 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 I understand that. Very There's well. something, you know, like I said, that first time we were at church camp together, doing ministry together, that just worked. That week that I did vacation Bible school, when we had just barely gotten together, what was funny is that by the end of Bible school, people were coming to me. What are we doing for the program tonight? When do I show up? You know, <laughs> like I was his partner in ministry. It's like, yeah. I, you know, I'd, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just um, here. Yeah. But yeah, it was already like, we just, you know, right. We just worked our dating life. I can say our dating life was totally involved with, we never went on dates. We were, we hung out for hours at church, cutting, pasting, you know, getting ready for Bible school, getting ready for, a that play. was your dating life. Our dating life, honestly, yes, was, wow children's and youth ministry. Wasn't that really a taste of reality though, that when I marry this guy, this, this is going to be my life, you know, yes. at the church house. And uh, yes, and yes, because to this day, I can't tell you how many dates we've actually been on. And right know. now, I mean, literally we're sitting in church cause we're doing a revival here this week uh -huh. at Oak Hill and, and a good, we're having a great revival this week. Yes, yes. And, and your house, we can look out the door uh -huh. where we're sitting and we can see your house. And, and interesting, we'll share with the listeners that, we're sitting here in Mississippi at the Oak Hill Christian Church, and we look across the road at your house, which is in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's an interesting thing. But so you were in you were in Jackson. Mm -hmm. You married. You were uh, youth minister's wife in Jackson, mm -hmm. and then uh, where did you go from there? Crockett Mills is our next place. All right, yeah. So it was Crockett Mills uh -huh. next, and, and Frank took the pulpit ministry there. Right, and then uh, from there, and I, you know, I might also say that. Uh, he was youth minister down at Pearl, Mississippi, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Tom Perry was his preacher. Yes. And I've interviewed Tom Perry, and Tom actually brings up Frank, and that, <laughs> and, and and I just I, I just laughed so hard when he talked about, he said he was he was his favorite youth minister, <laughs> and uh, but he has some funny tales to tell. But anyway, uh, he's he's on the podcast, and I I can't find him quick enough, folks. Tell you what number it is, but it's it's a, a lot more recent one. Uh, Kelly Carmichael is a preacher at Baldwin, Mississippi, and and we've talked about Baldwin and all these places we're talking about. Uh, we've interviewed almost all these uh, you know people from these places. But at Crockett Mills, he was. How long were you at at uh, after you married? How long were you at Jackson? Uh, maybe a year, and then we were about two years at Crockett Mills. Mm -hmm. A year or two. That's where our first child was born. And then you then you went to. Was it Walden Street? Then we went to Walden Street. And that Chuck wasn't while. at Walden Street uh -uh. at the time. No, he came after after uh, the Ted. longtime minister yes. Ted Avent yep. had passed away. Yeah, and you were you were at Walden Street for a couple years, year or two or so, doing yeah. the youth. And then, and then for a while, Frank actually drove to Arkansas. We went there four hours every Friday I night. I remember that Corning, Arkansas. Yes. Yeah, because we hold revivals. Yes. One of us. The Stricklers Rush are at Corning. Well, the Stricklers are there every year because they uh -huh. do music for yes. us every other yes. year. And then Greg yes. preaches every year yes. at Corning. 
And how many years did you drive the car? I forgot about that. Probably a year and a half to two years. They, they love Frank. But they, you know love, what? they love both of you, Corey. They say, still talk about you. For there. the fact that it was a four-hour drive, it was some of the best times that we had. Because, I mean, we just had two little kids with us, you know, yeah. and driving four hours, you can't do anything but yeah. have family time. So you get up on Sunday morning and drive over? No, Friday night. Uh, somebody had this little tiny apartment, you know, yeah. like one room with like a bed and a, and a sink in it. And um, and we would just, I don't know why we had a good time, but we just, maybe because we were away from our, you know, yeah. regular daily life. Because, I mean, it's just nothing about nothing, but it was great. Yeah. It was great. And the only reason that we stopped, because then I got pregnant with a third baby and it was just, that was just too much. Yeah. So, so you were there several years, yes. and, and to this day, the ones that are still there that when you were there remember you and talk fondly of, of, of both of you. They really care a, a great deal about you. And, and, uh, but we had some great vacation Bible schools. I'm telling yeah. you, that's really what put Frank and I solidified our relationship. We love vacation so you, Bible schools. Do you still do vacation Bible schools? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I knew you did this year. That's why I asked him. And uh, so you. Uh, you did that, and after that, what happened? After you were at Corning Arkansas? Then we started coming here, which is where Frank grew up. His home church, Oak Hill Christian and Church. And he would uh, teach Sunday school and do things with the youth. Right. And then um, when the minister just decided it was time to step down, he just said, well, I'm leaving it in Frank's hands. And Frank was like, what? <laughs> Where'd this come from? Nobody talked to me about this. Yeah. And so. So, and how many years? 13 years you, now. 13 yeah. years. Yeah. That doesn't seem that long. Yeah. <laughs> Thirteen years you've been here yes. in his home church and and it's now Deland, that that's a pretty populated area. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And now you're out here on this it's basically a one lane road right. that goes between your house right. and the church. And am I right in saying the second step of the parsonage is Tennessee and the first step yes. is Mississippi? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. that's that, that's <laughs> so I mean literally you can you can you know you can uh, be sitting on your front porch drinking iced tea, and when you're done, you can throw your ice out in the Mississippi. Yes, yes. You know, and, and, yep, and, yep. And, uh, and Mississippi needs the ice because it's always hot down here. <laughs> but uh, well, tell me about um, tell me about your boys. You got three boys and four and boys. I'm, I, I, I knew that. I don't <laughs> forgive me. I knew that. Uh, you said you had were having a third boy, and that's where that came. Okay, okay. And, uh, yeah. I know you have yeah. four boys, so. Yeah. So uh, talk about your oldest and what he's up to now and, and just 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 very briefly because well, I want to talk to you a little bit about being a minister's wife. Benjamin graduated from Alcorn Central and um, he was a very good student, very good athlete, very involved in school. And now he is attending the uh, United States Military Academy at West Point. Yeah. He's in his Amazing. third third year. Third year. And um, seems like he just left. Probably and, not to you, but it does to me. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it, it actually has gone by quickly because when he first went there, I think I cried every day for two weeks. Yeah. You know, it's a long way. It was a long way. And it, I wasn't even necessarily, I wasn't worried about him, but it was such a process to get him in there. And I was involved in every step of the process. So then when he went away, I was like, what am I supposed to do now? Right. <laughs> but he's done real well at that. Oh, and, yes. and, he's and, definitely and, one of the yeah, yes. and and his Christian walk and everything, he just seems like he's doing well. Yes. So, yes. And, then, uh, and then Levi graduated Alcorn Central two years ago, so yeah. he is in his second year at Marion Military Institute in Alabama, 
he's hoping to uh, go to the Air Force. Oh. And um, if he doesn't end up in the Air Force, because there may be a medical issue that keeps him out. So if he can't get in the Air Force, he's looking to go into uh, law enforcement, probably um, wildlife management. Oh, I can see that. Your boys like to be out in the in the woods because I mean they, they grew up out here in the when woods. When Benjamin you know? went to the army, and then Levi, with all his interests, I said, "Well, we created it because they spent their whole life in the woods. Yeah, and they were all into this survival stuff." And, uh... Yeah, and even <laughs> even on their bikes out in the woods yes. and stuff, and the, yeah. all the videos I've seen of them yeah. growing up, and and Frank's out there with them, and yes. they're they're just doing things yeah. and. And uh, yeah. just a, a wonderful dad taking <laughs> care of him like that. So the next one is Nathan is a junior in high school. He's a cross country runner, and he's completely committed to uh, eating right, sleeping right, running. He's really into that training. He is also a guitar player, yeah. and um, I don't know what he'll do for a living because he really <laughs> he really wants to be a musician. Well, I, I, I tell you what, he looks like a musician right now. I'm going to tell you that. But I, last night, his commitment to cross country. Now, he just got he got first place. Is that right? Uh, or third or something? Uh, well, second place. Second place yeah, in a cross country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's really something right here. Because cross country is big in North Mississippi. I didn't realize how mm -hmm. big till one of my granddaughters got involved in it. And uh, But it was five minutes to church last night. And he's out there running up yeah. and down the road. Yeah. And around the cemetery yes. and go and and I hear his mama saying five <laughs> minutes till church change and get in here and that only in a country church isn't it? <laughs> only in a country church and, and uh, but but uh, he he's here and 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 uh, and, and then Luke, Luke the youngest Luke is in eighth grade so yeah. he does everything and wants to do everything and he is uh, he's. He's fantastic. And Luke attended the um, uh, Atlas, the Enduring Light uh, preaching camp this year that is supported by our ministry mm -hmm. and was started by Greg Strickland's family and uh, in memory of their their son and grandson, mm -hmm. Atlas Uriah. And uh, Luke did a fantastic job there. And oddly enough, you're you're the third person to be on a podcast with us. Because Luke, yeah, uh, Luke was on a recent podcast, one of six boys, but three on the podcast yeah. he was on that was uh, just named Six Young Preachers, Part Two. And Luke, I believe, is the second preacher on that podcast. And we, we give his name, 13 years old, and it's podcast number 171. And I encourage our listeners, if you didn't listen to these six preachers, uh, podcast number 170 and 171, go back and hear them. And hear... Hear Luke Williams preach because uh, that's that's Leanne's uh, youngest boy, and and you'll enjoy boy. He just presented <laughs> the word, and uh, he 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 doesn't he doesn't cut any slack for the, us listeners, boy. I mean he's he gets on the toes when he's he needs not to. Shy. No, no, I, I, there's a lot of things you might say about Luke, and one of them is not shy, and and uh, but he did a did a fine job. Well, you know you've been a. a preacher's wife, youth minister slash preacher's wife mm -hmm. for how many years now? 21 years, 22 years. 22 years. Uh, and you were a little older when you became yes. a, a preacher's yes. wife. And yes. so yes. Uh, can you think of, uh, well, well, first of all, uh, what are the, some of the joys you've had? I mean, other than raising six, uh, four, uh, six young preachers. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it right. Four 
uh, Christian boys, mm -hmm. uh, what are some of the joys, just, just some of the, the highlights that you can think of? And I know there's probably many, and I'm, I'm hitting you kind of cold uh, here with this. Probably the joys of it is uh, knowing that I'll probably be going to church camp until I'm buried in the ground. Yeah. I love church camp. Yeah. Now, you have a unique church camp that you do yeah. specifically. Yeah. Tell us about that. Fine Arts. We do Fine Arts Week at church camp. Mm. And the, um, the focus is that not only are we going to learn more about Jesus, but what we're really going to learn to do is to focus our talents to um, preach the word through music, dance, sign language, um, you know, normal preaching, puppets. Right. We, actually use these talents that you cultivate in school or other places and right. put, put a ministry focus on them. And I know that, that the arts is very important. To yes, you because, arts uh, is extremely you, important You're involved in, in the plays at, at the high school yes, yes. and uh, even in acting in yes, some of them too. Yes, and yes. Uh, and I know singing. Yes. Uh, la last night, I got to tell the story about last night, all right? <laughs> uh, we have Brian Goins with us uh, doing our music this week. He does a lot of music for us at Rock Solid Revivals. But there is some local talent here, too, that, that share and doing special music. And you sang that. What was the name of the song you sang? Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood by Charity And that Gale. song has some very powerful parts to that song. And we're you're having problems getting the music going. And partway through it, the music just stopped. Mm. And you did not miss a beat. You just kept singing a cappella. And if, and I mean this very respectfully and with and, and as a compliment, you belted it out when it, I told I told Beth I said I thought I was at an opera there for a minute because I said man it was good and I heard uh, one person tell you and several people say privately she needs never to sing with music again <laughs> because uh, just forget that silly music it, it messes you up and 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 I mean I was so moved by that Thank that was you. a that Thank was just you. a great song and and just set up. You and then Brian Special uh, set everything up for the for the message last night, and I know that that's you. what you do when you lead a song. You're thinking, I want to. Uh, it's not about Leanne. I can always that's... tell that about you. It's uh, even though uh, you know actors, actresses, they they uh, they like to be on stage and people uh -huh. notice, hey, I'm here. Right. But I've never noticed that about you. I've noticed that when you lead singing or you are singing, that, that you're trying to bring people to the throne of God and and. And you want them to see Jesus, not Leanne. And I appreciate that about you. Thank very you. Much. Uh, Singing well, to me is prayer. Yeah, and I see that. I that, see that in you very much. Uh, it comes across very well. Thank you. Uh, appreciate that. Well, someone who's just getting, who's just all of a sudden, maybe they they planned on it, they expected it, they thought of their life they'd do it, or all of a sudden, surprise, surprise, I'm married to a mm, preacher. Mm -hmm. Any advice? <laughs> don't do it. I mean, <laughs> or what you? No. no, I know you wouldn't say that. The best thing about being a preacher's wife is, <coughs> or maybe this is just the best thing about being Frank's wife, <sighs> is that his spiritual responsibilities are met. And I can always have that trust an assurance that the foundation of our family is Jesus. Right. He doesn't always, Frank doesn't always make me happy with his decisions. Right. 
but there are always, but that's just because when you open the Bible, you're convicted at the time. And right. what God tells you to do doesn't always make you happy. Right. Yeah. And probably the biggest mm -hmm. conflicts we have is that I don't want to listen, not to Frank, but I don't want to listen to the Bible. Right. And Frank wants to listen to the Bible. Yeah. And so although that can be a source of tension. Right. That's actually the source of the. the of unity. Unity and the security. Right. This, you know. It's the, the old thing the, that we know, at least Christian uh, parents and, and spouses know. It's the old thing of that life as Christians, as a married couple, is a triangle. We're at either end of the bottom of the triangle. Yep. And God is at the top. Yep. And as long as we're continually moving toward God, yep. it draws us closer to one yep. another. And uh, problems will come up in the church. Mm -hmm. Problems will come up in the ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, our spouse, uh, not just if it's the preacher, <clears throat> but sometimes it's the preacher's wife, will make uh, bad choices in how they handle the situation of the mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm that can cause conflict in the church. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times we say, well, it's this person in the church caused conflict. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's us. Right. It's me right. as a preacher right. or it's, it's Beth as the spouse. Right. Uh, and, and we have to learn to say, okay, we've got to get through this. If there's right. apology needed, we got to take mm -hmm. care of that. And we got to apologize to each other for having right. maybe hampered one another in whatever work, whether, we're, whether it, it, I'm working with children or the music mm -hmm. or I'm right. preaching. And, we have to understand we're here to serve God and we're serving these people because we're serving God first. Mm -hmm. And we, we're just going to get through it. Mm -hmm. And when difficulties mm -hmm. and difficult people you have to deal mm -hmm. with that, and we do have difficult people in the church, we need each other. And the sad, the hard thing is that most preachers wife don't, don't wives don't have anyone else to talk to because th their husbands have them. And right. then where do they turn? if it's not to other preachers' wives. Right. And because a lot of times they feel like they can't say anything to someone, even their closest friend right. in the church, because they're going through difficulties. So I, I pray a lot for preachers' wives, because and I realize- I always ask myself, would we have had an easier time had I been uh, younger when I got married? Because any problems that Frank and I always have, I can always bring it back to, it's, it's always me being selfish, you know? Because yeah. it's hard, you know, like, especially with finances. It's so hard not to say, I worked my whole life for this education. I have a master's degree. I could be making X amount of dollars. I could raise this family with my own money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I was, I didn't get married till I was 30. I knew how to run a home, how to buy things, how to, how to function. Like I can do this on my own. Right. So I can say every fight that we have, it comes back to me being selfish. Right. Because that to me is... Well, I'm saying right, not because I think you're selfish, but I'm just listening to you. Right. The hardest right. part for me being a preacher's wife is the 24 hours a day, every day, you're a servant. Right. And then on top of him being a preacher, I'm a school teacher. Right. And so it's like, oh, my word. When does it ever end? You know, yeah. and Frank will joke, he'll say, you know, compassion is not your strong suit, you know? <laughs> and I hate that he has to say that. But it's true. You just get tired. Yeah. You get you get tired. You, you get tired. And you know, and I'm always in you know, as a teacher, I'm looking at people thinking, come on, learn, develop, grow, fix yourself. Right. <laughs> and it's hard not to come to church and want to say, fix yourself, people. Right? And yeah. Frank has so much he realizes it's not his job to fix. 
It's God's job to fix. Yeah, and His very, job to, to walk alongside and keep praying and keep supporting. And, you know, after I've long checked out because I'm tired of it. Right. You know, he's still right with them. I, I think maybe if you if you looked up the word Frank in the dictionary, you might find laid back. You might find <laughs> um, patient. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not one of his sons, so I, I, I can't say that for sure. <laughs> Many times he's not. But uh, I see, uh, uh, we, we had decisions on Sunday, and I saw in his eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you see it in his eyes yes. how it touches his oh, heart. Oh, yes. And he's got a, a heart. And, and, and last night, uh, and I said it, 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 it's, it, it, it's a little rare, but it does happen. Uh, every person in every pew in this church came forward last night uh -huh. to make a stand for Jesus. Uh -huh. and, the, and, and you saw it in Frank's eyes, uh -huh. what it did for Brother Frank. Yes, yes. You know, and so I see that. But uh, so you balance each other, right? We really do. We really do. Because there's a lot in him that I admire that I think, oh, man, I wish I could get there. Yeah. I wish I could be like him. I don't know if he says that about me. But <laughs> well, I would I would bet if he doesn't, he thinks, you know, because there is uh, you are honestly a, a multi-talented lady. I mean, I, I just see the way you just jump in and you can you just take things and you do things. And I know that this week and I said it Sunday that last time I held a revival here. And, uh, and it is our hometown. I mean, it takes me, it is a way out because you're out in the country. It uh -huh. takes me about 15, 18 minutes to get here. But I saw during that revival, you were worn out. You came in to take care of singing. You got the PowerPoints ready. You did everything. And uh, I, I thought we can do better by, by Leanne. She's a preacher's <laughs> wife. She needs to be revived too. And our, our ministry does provide song leaders from time to time. And and uh, Brian's one I knew would go over big here because uh -huh. he's bluegrass uh -huh. and 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 uh, and it's been nice to see you. I mean, you did sing last night, but it's been nice to see you because you just sit there and you just look so relaxed. Yeah. It is spring break though. <laughs> fall break, yeah. Or yeah, fall break, yeah. fall break. So yeah. you are enjoying that, and and but it's nice to see you relaxed and looking like you're being revived mm. this week and enjoying mm. that. Mm. Well, uh, can you believe our time's just about up? <laughs> it just about is. Is there? Uh, is there anything you, else that you want to share as a, a preacher's wife or a Christian woman that you'd like to share with the listeners? Mm. No, I mean, I get... <sighs> Talking with you has helped me because, like, it is okay. I think you get it that I'm not... You already know that I'm not perfect. <laughs> Really? <laughs> but you actually make me feel like I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was. Because, oh, well, like, you. we all have struggles. Oh, You know God, what yeah. I'm saying? But, um, so I guess that's what I would just say to women, especially, is that even when you think you're, like, failing big time, you're probably not even worse off than the person next to you. Yeah. Everybody you know? in the church... Even and I'm not one that worries about being perfect, like as far as looks, like the preacher wife has to look a certain way and act a and certain way. And they shouldn't, way. they should never. I'm not, not worried no. about the looks on the outside, but I just know that inside I'm like, man, there is so much more I could be doing for my husband that I'm not doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just being able, but 
you talking to me about my life says, well, I'm probably bringing more to him than I thought I was. Yeah. Well, from someone looking from the outside in, can I say, yes, you are. And that's why I wanted to sit down with you and talk with you because I see, I see a woman that is supporting her husband and working at school at the high school and, and raising four boys (laughs) and, and, uh, yelling, get dressed churches in five (laughs) minutes and get them over here and getting all that done that I know preacher's wife has to do because a preacher, you know, think about that on Sunday morning. And and honestly, I I didn't. Beth used to get all three kids Uh ready because I had a, in Colorado when our children were small, I had a a two hour radio broadcast live on Sunday mornings. And I had to go out in the country to the station to do that and then come back in. And she had to have all the kids ready. And then we had to go at that time to the funeral home where we had church (laughs) because we were doing new church work and set it up. And and then run all day. And so I know now looking back uh-huh. where I didn't help her and where she did so much. And I recognize when I see a preacher's wife that is really out there. And for those preacher's wives who are listening where I've been there, I may have seen it in YouTube, but I didn't think to ask you to to, to sit down and have a podcast with me. I'll get to you one of these days, okay? Because <laughs> I've done this, I haven't done this near enough with preacher's wives and I, I should have done it more. And, and I apologize to those of you who are listening and I haven't <laughs> talked to you, but we're we're just grateful that that we have these listeners and and uh, if, if this podcast has uh, been an encouragement to you, I hope that you'll share it with your friends and coworkers in Christ. Hit that hit that like button or that follow button on whatever podcast engine you're listening on, and uh, then hit the share and uh, maybe uh, copy the link, put it on your social media, so that people can hear this. And let, let's get the word out. Uh, we're we're a small podcast, but we're coming close to eleven thousand downloads, and we we'd like to just move right on up. Not not for our own sake, but because we want to lift up the name of Christ and we want to lift up Christian workers. So if you could do that, that'd be a great help to us. We really appreciate that. And uh, let me just say uh, thanks again for listening in. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down His blessings on you. Mississippi Rain.